0: You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. Amen. He's so good. Wow. Even in the midst of Christmas shopping and Christmas craziness. He still could. I was in Saskatoon yesterday, and uh, I was with um, my son and my nephew, and we had stayed overnight. Anyways, and uh, we got up and we we're like, we're gonna do some Christmas shopping. And it's gonna be great. And we got ready and. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely insane. It was like parking was terrible, we couldn't find anywhere to park and there were cars honking and it was, it was just, I texted my husband at one point like, what was I thinking? In what world did I think this was a good idea to be in Saskatoon trying to do some shopping? But Costco was actually not that bad, so I, we, I literally, as we were driving to Costco, I'm like, all right boys. We're going to Costco. It's going to be crazy. Is everybody ready? Let's get ready. And and uh, Ben's like, "Let me blow my nose. I'll get." Re- <laughs> Anyways, it wasn't that bad. But I wanna I wanna start kind of where we left off last week uh, when we were in John and we were talking about um, the disciples that were. They got in a boat and they were. Going to sail out, and the storm came and it became incredible. So, we're going to read it again. And it says in verse 16, it says, That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and they headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Soon, a gale swept down upon them, and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat, and they were terrified. But he called out to them, and he said, Don't be afraid. I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and immediately they arrived at their destination. So you remember last week we talked about the storms of life and the things that we go through and that Jesus is speaking to us in this moment saying, Hey, don't be afraid. I am here. Don't be afraid. I am here. And I kept thinking about this whole story over the whole week. I just kept thinking about it and One night I woke up in the middle of the night and I was playing the story over in my head and I was thinking about other times in the Bible where the disciples were found themselves in a storm. You'll remember the story of them being in a storm and Jesus was at the bottom of the boat and he was sleeping and they came down to him and they're like, Jesus, what's wrong with you? Like, do you not even care about us? We're dying and you're sleeping. And Jesus gets up and he speaks to the storm and he says, peace be still. And so now we find them in a storm again, and Jesus isn't in the boat with them, and they're, and they're rowing, and they're trying, and then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up again, and he says, do not be afraid. I am here. He knew where they were. He knew that they, he knew that they were in the middle of a storm. He says, hey, don't be afraid. And I thought what was so interesting of the two stories is, one, Jesus speaks to the storm, but in this one, you see him speaking to them. Do not be afraid. I know you're it doesn't say that the storm soft it says they got to the other side and he speaks to them in the middle of a storm. In other words, he was calming the storm on the inside of them. Have you ever been in that place where you're like so frantic and you can't even make right decisions because of the things that are going on around you? It's kind of like what they're going through. They're like paddling and they're, they're frantic and he's like, hey, speaking to them, do not be afraid. And so I began to look a little further into into the story, and I started to look it up in Hebrew, and he actually says it like this, do not be afraid, I am. I am. Do you remember that story in the Bible, in in the Old Testament, when Moses says, like, who am I going to tell the people? What do I say? You want me to go out and do these things? You want me to lead these people? What am I going to say? And he says, you say, I am that I am. In other words, I am everything that you need. I'm it. And so in the middle of this storm, when there's this storm raging all around, Jesus is walking towards them and says, hey, don't be afraid. I am. I am that I am. I am everything that you need. I'm it. And so we can walk through whatever we have to walk through, recognizing that we have everything that we need. I am is here. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. There's another version that says it like this. You know who I am. Do not be afraid. You know who I am. Don't be afraid. You've seen. You've seen what I can do. Don't be afraid. You know me. Peace is not the absence of conflict. It's not the absence of a storm. It's the presence of Jesus with you. Jones Joan said this the other day at our, our women's thing, peace is a person, it's Jesus. And in our world today, we have this kind of skewed version of what peace is. And we think peace is that everything just goes perfectly and that there's nothing bad that happens. I just want peace. I just want peace and quiet. I just want every problem and every situation to just go away. And we call that peace, that's not peace. The word shalom means nothing missing, nothing broken, wholeness, that I have the ability to walk through whatever I need to walk through. Whatever comes my way, whatever storm happens, that I have the ability to walk through it, contain nothing missing, nothing broken in wholeness. Why? Because peace is a person, because I have Jesus. The I am that I am is with me at all times. Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father and the prince of peace Jesus 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 is peace It's not the it's not the absence of a storm It's the presence of Jesus that is peace. Isaiah 26, verse three says, you will keep in perfect peace, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You will keep in perfect peace, all whose thoughts are fixed on Jesus. I wonder if that's like why when the disciples are in the middle of the storm and paddling frantically and, and that version says he shows up, you know who I am. Fix your thoughts on me. Think about who I am. Forget about everything else. You know who I am. Look at me. You know who I am. You know that I am good. Look at me. Micah 5, verse 4 says, And he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honored around the world, and he will be their source of peace. When the Assyrians invade our land and break through our defenses, in other words, when When things happen, when problems arise, he is our source of peace. They will rule Assyria with drawn swords and enter the gates of the land of Nimrod, but he will rescue us from the Assyrians when they pour over the borders to invade our land. You know me, you know who I am. I'm your source of peace. In times of trouble, I'm your source of peace, I'm it. In John 16, verse 33, it says, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me, that you would have peace in me. And I know we've heard this before, but so often we go looking for peace in other things or hope that if this situation finally gets taken care of or or this actually stops in my life or, or whatever it is, then I'll have peace. And we chase after actually false peace, hoping that storms just stop. When Jesus actually says, hey, I'm telling you this so that you'll have peace in me then he goes on and says here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows but take heart I have overcome the world I already got the victory you know who I am I want to go to Jeremiah 29 and I know this is a chapter that many of us know But I want us to take a look at it, keeping in mind that he is peace. In verse four, it says, "'This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, "'the Lord or the God of Israel says to all the captives. "'He is exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. "'Build homes and plan to stay.'" we stop there just for a moment to recognize that they're in exile. He is speaking to a people that are in exile. They're not in their happy place. They're not in the promised land. They are in exile. And so he he shows up and says, okay, here's some instruction. While you're on the way, you're going to be here for a while. And he says, build homes. Build homes. Plan to stay. And I felt like the Lord said to quit trying to run to get out of the place that you're in. And I'm not saying that you don't, you don't pray through storms and and if the enemy's coming against you, that you're like, yes, just come get me, that's fine. I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that when, when you're going through transitional times or when you're going through times that are feel unpleasant, our tendency sometimes is either just to hope it away and not do anything at all. Just like, I just want to get through this. Or we close ourselves off and just wish the world away. And in this place, the Lord is speaking to him and says, I know you're not in the place that you want to be, but right now you're going to build homes. Plan to stay. Okay, look what else he says. Then he goes on and says, plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Remember, we talked about last week watching Joseph's life, where all throughout his life he is in places where he doesn't want to be. It was not the dream. It does not seem like the plan of God for his life. But all throughout it, you see him being fruitful in the place where he is planted at the moment. And so here you show up, same kind of scenario: plant gardens, be fruitful. Don't try and wish away where you are right now. You have purpose where you are right now. It may not be where we're going to, but where you are right now, you have purpose. Then it says, marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Then it says multiply. Again, be fruitful in the season that you're in. You will miss it if you do not realize that you are in a season of fruitfulness right now. Oh, when things get better, then I will. When I finally get that job, then I will do it. When I finally get married, when I finally get out of school, when, when this situation dies down, it'll be better then. Then I can be fruitful. We are in a season of fruitfulness. Do not forget that. That what we are going into is a season of fruitfulness. Even if the world says it isn't, you have the spirit of counsel on the inside of you. What did we just read from Isaiah 9, 6? He's called Wonderful Counselor. Meaning that whatever you are in right now, he has strategy for you. Don't miss the season of fruitfulness that we're in. Then it goes on and says this, gives this, do not dwindle away. This is so important. Do not dwindle away. You're not where you would ideally like to be, but don't dwindle away. I looked up that word and this is what dwindle means, to diminish, to reduce, to get smaller. Where you may not be where you wanna be, where it may seem tight, where it may seem like a storm, Don't cause the situation around you to cause you to get smaller. What happens when storms come at us? Maybe you have relational problems and all of a sudden you're like, this hurts. And if you're not careful, you build walls upon yourself, around yourself, and you're like, I won't let people in anymore because it hurt me. And what happens is you become smaller. Or you stepped out, and you tried something new, and it didn't work the way you wanted it to work, and so you say to yourself, I'm never going to do that again. That scared me, and you become smaller. I don't like the situation that I'm in, and so I will hide myself away. You become smaller and the Lord shows up and says to them in this, don't let what's happening around you cause you to become smaller, cause you to diminish. You were made to rise above it. You were made to flourish in the places that you are planted now, where you are right now can be fruitful. And I feel like the Lord showing up in, the, in this and saying, hey, listen, the world may be changing around us. There may be some things that are happening around us and will be happening around us, but you were made to flourish. You were made to prosper. You were made to have counsel. You were made to have strategy in those places so don't what happen. don't let what's happening around us cause us to become smaller yeah or cause you to push p- people away or cause you to become bitter or cause you to close your heart Then verse 7 says, and work for the peace and the prosperity of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for the welfare, for its welfare will determine your welfare. I can't get away from this verse. I think that this verse, I think this verse is a verse for us right now. I think that we're planted in this city that I believe that there's a shift that's taking place. And I don't know if I know how to accurately put it, but there's a shift that's taking place even in the church, where we will begin to contend for our city and be carriers of our city. We will cause change in our city. But here's the key, one, We can't allow ourselves to become smaller from the circumstances, but recognize that we are carriers of things, of strategy, of insight, of ideas, that that there are things that are going to shift in our world, shift in our economy. There are things that are going to begin to crash and burn. And we have to be careful, like we said, arise, shine, for your light has come, that we don't get sucked in by it, but all of a sudden we realize, hey, wait a second, I have the spirit of counsel on the inside of me, of insight, of strategy, that I may know that there might be a solution to the problems here. I might have some, if I would just begin to draw away with the Holy Spirit and begin to talk to him about some of those things. There are some of you that are going to pick up burdens for things, suddenly things that you would have never noticed before in our world, in our system, in our city, and all of a sudden you're going to carry a passion for something. Note that passion. Begin to pray through that because you're going to get strategy for it and you're going to see things begin to change. It's They've been doing the same thing over and over and hoping for it to change and suddenly it's not going to work anymore and God is going to imprint on some of you some things and you're going to begin to write it down and you're going to begin to be put in Places of influence where you're going to speak strategy. I'm telling you, these are some of the shifts that are about to take, but you need to understand that as the church, that things are shifting that you're going to carry a city. You're going to carry nations. You're going to carry this province in your heart. But the Bible says you begin to pray. What happens is is you have to step outside of yourself. See, what happens is is the enemy tries to get us to be so concerned about our little bubble. About our, and, and our families are important, but listen, we get concerned about our little sphere he says, hey, pray for your city. Be concerned about your city. Why? Because its welfare becomes your welfare. And there is an anointing and a gracing that is being dropped on your lives for this day and age. And you are going to be carriers of authority, carriers of influence, and we're going to see a city changed. My iPad shut off. Go home. Just kidding. And work and work it says and work for the peace and the prosperity of your city that means no idleness well that's somebody else's job no see we have handed off as a church so many things that someone else can do it I just wanna be concerned about my Sunday mornings and my feel-good services. No, church, work for the peace and the prosperity of your city. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. That's a stepping outside. It's a looking beyond yourself. Then it says, this is what the Lord of the heaven's army, the God of Israel says, do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. You know, I just felt like the Lord said, just be careful what you believe. Be careful what you're putting your eyes to and your heart to. Make sure you're praying more than you're listening. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised and i will bring you home again for i know the plans that i have for you says the lord they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope what he's saying in this he's saying look i know times are difficult but you need to remember what i'm thinking i know that i know that it's hard you need to remember what I'm thinking, they are plans for your future, they are plans that are good, they are plans that give you hope. So while you're walking through the storm, while you're walking through it, you're going to say to yourself, I know that no matter what is going on, he is leading me to good things. He is leading me to green pasture, that he has a future for me, that he is a hope. He has good plans for me. And then he gives the how. In those days, when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. Ugh. Come on, this is the... This is the God of all creation. You will be found by me. And I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. It's the holding on to the promise and setting my heart on the fact that God is for my welfare. He always is. Every minute. Even if in that moment, it doesn't feel like it. He has plans for me. Sometimes we can't see the whole picture. You know, I remember one time, um, Jarrett and I were redoing a house and I, I kind of can see finished product in my head. I know what it is that I want. I can see it, but I'm not really good at the details getting towards it. I'm not good at runnowing houses, really. Um, but I remember we were building a bedroom and a closet and the space and, and the walls were, not the walls, the um, framing was up. And I'd walk in the frame and Jared would say, okay, we got to figure out where we're going to put the bed and we're going to, you know, figure out where all of this is going to go. And I'm like, this room isn't big enough for anything. And he's like, yes, it is. I measured it out. So where do we want the bed? And I could not. So he literally had to tape out on the floor where the bed was where the, and measure it and where the dresser is so that I could visually see exactly. But I didn't know what the plans really were. It's like when you're building a house, the architect has the blueprint. They know what the plans are, but all along it doesn't look like the finished product, but there's a plan. There's a plan. And a lot of times we can get lost and this doesn't look like what it's supposed to look like. But there's a plan. And there are things that have to happen along the way to get to the plan. And sometimes it doesn't look pretty along the way. But there's a plan. So it's holding on to the assurance and to the promise. I know the plan. That's what God says. I know the plan. And it's a good plan. In Isaiah 26, no, Isaiah 41, verse 10, in the Passion it says it like this do not yield to your fear for I am always near. Never turn your gaze from me, for I am your faithful God. In the Hebrew, it says, in the Hebrew word, it means this, to look around. So he's saying, don't turn your don't look around. Don't look about what's going on. Don't turn your gaze from me. I, am the faithful God. I'm your faithful God. Isaiah 26 verse three says, you will keep in perfect peace. We read this already. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And the passion, it says it like this and I love it. It says, I will infuse you with my strength and help you in every situation. I will hold you firmly with my victorious right hand and all who rage against you will be ashamed and disgraced. All who contend with you will perish and despair. You will look for your enemies in vain. Those who war against you will vanish without a trace because I am Yahweh, your mighty God. I grip your right hand and I won't let you go. And then he says this, I whisper to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. Don't be afraid. In Psalms 85 verse eight, it says, I listen carefully to what God is saying For he speaks peace to his faithful people, but let them not return to their foolish ways. There's so much in just that verse alone. He says, I listen carefully. I listen carefully that there's a turning that I got to run to my father. I got to listen carefully to what he's saying. But he says, he speaks peace. And I just wanna stop there for just two seconds. He speaks peace. His voice sounds like peace. Even if he is warning you of things to come, there is peace within his voice. And I've heard and I've felt like there are many people who have had the enemy speaking to you and he has been taunting you so much that you've been questioning whether or not it was God's voice because it's been continuous. Listen to me, he speaks peace, his voice sounds like peace. The enemy always tries to speak to you to get you to withdraw to hold back to isolate to stop moving forward to question your identity to question who God is and i feel like in this time especially of transition and feeling uncertain that the that 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 we have been lending our ear more than we should to what he's been saying the enemy And I know that even in my own life, there have been times of me being like, okay, like it's been so nonstop that I begin to be like, God, is this you? Like, am I missing it? No, he speaks peace. And if you are not feeling peaceful, you need to bind those thoughts, loose them from your life. Like, no, enemy, you don't get to speak those things anymore. Open up the word of God. Open up Psalms 23. If you don't know where else to go, Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Find something and begin to speak that over yourself. Begin to say it. Begin to read it over and over again until you feel that peace begin to settle back in on you. Oh, yeah. This is who the Lord is. This is who he is. Philippians 4, verse 6 says, Do not worry about anything. We know this verse. Don't worry. Instead, pray about everything tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Knowing our peace, who He is, and holding it to our very core will be so important in the days ahead. Knowing our peace and holding on to it and rehearsing over and over who he is. We have to arise and shine as a church and we will not be able to arise in the middle of darkness if we have no peace. But also it says arise and shine. So you're arising up, But you're also shining. You're arising with peace, knowing who he is, being able to walk through storms, but you're also shining, which means you are carriers of peace, which means that you're going to walk into places and change atmospheres with that peace. In Matthew, I think it's Matthew, is the Beatitudes, and it says... Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Peacemakers have to be carriers of peace first. Peacemakers come into situations and settle conflict. Peacekeepers is not the same thing. Peacekeepers avoid conflict. Now, he says you're peacemakers, that where there is an absence of peace, you walk into the situation and you cause peace to take place. So he says, arise, church, and shine. So you're arising above situations and you're shining in the middle of it causing atmospheres to change, causing people who have been in turmoil to settle down, to see clearly because of what you carry. And this is why it's so important that in the days ahead, we recognize who he is, that I won't get sucked into what's going on, but I'm going to look to him. Peacemakers bring Jesus into situations. So here's a question. What area in your life right now do you not have peace? What area in your life are you struggling with? You can think about that. But here's some thoughts for you in that. The enemy often will go after areas in your life that you are called to. Where you are called to bring peace into certain areas, the enemy will often go after those areas. Where you're called to bring influence, he'll often try to attack you in those places. So what we need to do in these days is begin to actually think about those places. Sometimes when we're not in peace, we try to avoid We try not to think about it. We try not to go there. But in these days, we need to be intentional. I don't have peace in this area. God, what's going on? Because I'm to have peace in every area. There's peace available for every area. So God, what's going on here? And begin to allow the presence of Jesus, who is peace, to fill that area. Because you're going to have influence there too. 2 Corinthians verse 5 says, God reconciled us to himself and gave us that same ministry of reconciliation which means he made peace with us so that we could be peacemakers. And the Beatitudes, it says it like this, the way to get into heaven is to make peace with God, but the way to be successful in the kingdom or the way of conducting ourselves in the kingdom is to be peacemakers. James 3, verse 17 says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And it says, they shall be called the sons of God. And it literally means this is the way the sons of God act. This is the way the sons and the daughters of God act. We make peace. And so I feel like going into this new, new season that we're going into... that though I know that there is some maybe shocking times and maybe what the world would even classify as scary times, maybe. I I feel the excitement of the Lord. I, I feel excitement as he's preparing his people to be carriers to be leaders, to be people of peace, people of encouragement, carriers of light, and that he's been preparing us for this moment, that we will not be those that go under, but those that rise above. And so as we go into this new year, I guess we won't be having a service until the new year. I mean, we have, excuse me, a Sunday morning service until the new year. I encourage you in these last days of 2022 to one, allow the spirit of God into areas of your heart that maybe you have been withholding from him or not wanting him to speak into, or maybe there's just fear there. Allowing the presence of Jesus to go into those places and to say, you know what, God, just heal my heart. But then I just feel and I just see I just see in my heart that in these next couple of weeks, that there's a a preparing that the Spirit of God is doing, almost like an, an armoring or a suiting up of his people that are going to begin to happen as we walk into this new year, that there is a preparation that is beginning to take place in our hearts a strengthening and a invigorating that's about to take place and so I just, I would just encourage you in these next weeks to say, Lord, I'm open to whatever it is. I know that there's a shift. I've heard it a million times. She won't stop talking about it. I know that there's a shift that's about to take place. And so God, I want to get into the stream of that place. Don't get into anxiety, but anxiety about it. The Lord hears you when you pray and you say, Lord, I want to be a part of that shift. And so whatever needs to happen in my life, I invite you into that make ready my heart God make ready my life God I always pray this that the kingdom of God would be established in my home and when I pray that I say so everything that is out of order like a magnet to the kingdom of God and his ways gets put into order and begin to pray that, that God, you are establishing something. So everything that is out of order, that needs to come into order with you, with your kingdom, with your with your will, I just pray, God, that it comes into order. And say, my mind, my heart is open to the things of the Spirit. If you are saying something new to me, that my ears and my heart are ready and open to receive it. If there is a place that you're wanting to move me towards, Lord, uh, make sure that I know within myself, put people in my pathway, God, that I hear clearly from the Spirit of God what it is that you're saying. God, if there are things that you want to highlight to me, I don't want to miss it. Let my ears and my eyes be open to see it. And so I just declare over you in these next weeks, I declare the peace of God. I declare the peace of God in your homes, with your families, in your relationships. I just declare that there is the spirit of reconciliation in these days ahead. As families are meeting together, I thank you, Father God, that there is healing that is taking place within families, within mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and and long-distance relatives, Father, I thank you that there is reconciliation in these days. I thank you that as people come into our homes, that the peace of God, the presence of Jesus is so prevalent there that lives actually come into order in Jesus' name. Because peace means nothing missing, nothing broken. And so I declare nothing missing, nothing broken over relationships in Jesus' name. Nothing missing, nothing broken over health in Jesus' name. And that in these days ahead, Father, that we are rising up to become peacemakers, peace carriers, influencers of the kingdom of God. Where there has been many influencers of the world and the world system, I declare that there are influencers that are rising up to be influencers of the things of the kingdom with innovative ideas and, and amazing strategies for the things of God. And that there are voices that are rising up in this time that will speak wisdom, that will actually speak pathways to open, and people will follow to the things of the kingdom in Jesus' name. And Father, as we come into this Christmas season, God, I just thank you that there is an incredible presence in our homes. God, there is just a supernatural peace. And that your glory, God, is seen. And that father wonder is restored to us. God, where we've become jaded. Yeah, where we've become jaded with the things of the world, our own things, our own selfishness, God. God that there is just the presence of wonder that turns our hearts and eyes and attention to you to just stand and behold the majesty of what this season means, but the majesty of who you are. May we stand in wonder of you this season, God. I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.